When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hello, friends. Hi, friends. We've got a great show today. First, we're talking to author Laura Krantz. Remember, we had her before. We love her. And we're this time talking about how to talk to your kids about aliens. Man, I love this lady. I know. Me too. She speaks my language. She really does. Then we're going to give you some last minute Halloween inspiration. Some silly ideas, some more creative ideas, but anything in case you just don't know what you're doing yet. And as always, we have your hashtag swag bag. But up next, hey, kid, take it away. The tits and the shits. Okay, I'll start with the shits. The shits are the world is a trash heap fire, specifically in Israel. The shits are people are terrible to one another. Yes. You know, listen, killing innocent people is never okay. No. The really extra scary thing is that ever since Trump's been elected, it's like all of a sudden there's been free range for people to speak out maybe what their internal monologue was the entire time. I would love to blame Trump. I don't even think that's the issue here. No, I'm just saying Trump opened up the box and now everybody's like, I'm just going to say exactly what I was thinking on the inside because he made it okay to do that. The very sad thing is this is what Jews have thought the entire time that people secretly want them gone. And when's the next time that it's going to happen? We joke about Lee's Holocaust bag that he always has a bag ready to go in case people are coming for the Jews and seeing your friends all of a sudden this aspect of them is horribly upsetting. Knowing that family and friends who live in Israel, if you don't hear from them from a text in 12 hours, you assume the worst. It's just horrible. And I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Needless to say, it's been a bad week. My best friend's family is in Israel and it's a scary place to be. And just to clarify, that doesn't mean that anybody thinks that all these Palestinian innocent lives should be taken either. At the end of the day, it's just a really terrible situation and there's bad things happening on both sides and it's just sad. It's sad that so many people are hurting and dying because of this and it's sad to see an act that started in this instance, an act of horrible, horrible terrorism and to see people who you've aligned with politically because you think everyone should be afforded the same decent human rights and respect and dignity and ability to live their life as best as humanly possible and to hear those people be so against you it feels like I'm living in the upside down a little bit when I'm turning to conservative voices because they aren't Jew bashing I'm in the upside down I'm in the upside down Um, my tits are (laughs) let's switch to that for a second my tits are that I was invited to a underground dance party. It's called All My Friends. I don't know how to describe it. Definitely some people who used to live in Williamsburg or Greenpoint who are now parents have started this. The marketing, the color scheme, everything was so on brand of the coolest dance party you would want to go to pre-kids. Where was it? It floats. It was above this restaurant, Osteria de whatever in Maplewood. 
Oh, so it's in Jersey. That's fun. Jersey dance party. And sometimes they have karaoke night and it's a monthly thing. Oh, I want to go. Every person I talked to was like, oh my God, it's just like that one girl's episode where they go to the club and Shoshana does the bad drugs. And And she puts on the fishnet shirt. I wore a fishnet shirt in honor of that episode. Everyone was like, this is the vibe and we're here for it. My new neighborhood mom friend got together a group of like 26 ladies. Oh my God. They all met at my house first for pre-cocktails. And I love being 40. Our pre-cocktails were like matcha gin cocktail homemade and truffle chips. I was like, I'm here for this level of bougie. And I love we were all wearing sneakers and cool jeans with a going out top. We were like, we are here for comfort. We're here to actually dance. We don't need to be in heels. Right. We took three Uber Blacks. We get to this dance party. Was it over by midnight? We got there at nine. It started at eight and we danced till 2.30 in the morning. Wow. It was so fun. It was 120, 35 to 45 year old women and then like six men. One of which was like a six foot four European man wearing a silk shirt open. (laughs) I love that guy. And was raving. I'm just picturing that guy from TikTok. I think he's Turkish. He does that weird slow wink. This guy was dancing with no one and everyone all at the same time. (laughs) Like I didn't see him interact with anyone. He was so sweaty. (laughs) He looked like he went thrifting for his outfit that morning. I hope that man's listening to this episode. (laughs) And then like three husbands who I think didn't want their wives to be the only person that had fun that night. But otherwise it was all women. And at one point, How Will I Know came on and I have a recording of what it sounds like for 120 mothers who were set free all singing along to Whitney Houston. It was like going to church. What's this dance party called? All My Friends. Oh, All My Friends. I love that. Can I come? I want to go. Yes. So it's monthly. Next one's November 18th. And Lee's thinking about getting on the revolving DJ list. The DJ was okay, but he was more interested in playing requests than actually linking songs together well. It was more like a bar mitzvah DJ. Kind of. I did what I tell everyone not to do. I went to a second location. At two in the morning, we're like, what's open in Montclair at two in the morning? There's one bar. It's called Just Jake's. It's where all the Montclair University kids go to. We went there. We were like, oh, we don't belong here. (laughs) We had one tequila shot and then we left. I took a video of 26 middle-aged women walk into a college bar. It was like, and then the one friend was drunk and she decided she was going to do field research. So she was like, hey, how old are you? Do you still talk to your mom on the phone? (laughs) She was doing like anthropological studies. We got hit on by two Goombas at the other place. They were eating at the restaurant downstairs and it was real, real awkward. And one of the moms just started talking about her alternator needing to be fixed and it quickly got them out of there. We're like, good job. Anyway, that's my tits. I needed it. There's nothing like being in sneakers and just dancing with your friends. It always makes me think of that Dane Cook joke where he's like, guys never just say like, fuck chicks tonight. I just want to dance. I can't believe I'm still quoting Dane Cook. Congratulations on your marriage, Dane. To your child, bride. Yes. But yeah, you just need that release. I woke up and I was sore. Yeah. And I texted the other ladies and I was like, are you sore from dancing or is it just me? Each one of them named a different part. They're like, left calf. The other one was like, buttocks. The other one was like, arms. What was I doing with my arms? 
<laughs> That's funny. My tits are Matt and I went to New Orleans, which was lovely. We really enjoyed the city, especially the French Quarter, not Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street is just vomit and urine. It's like being in Times Square. You walk a block away and you don't hear anything. And it's a desolate, old timey street that has the most beautiful houses I've ever seen. The architecture is so much fun. I feel like old me would have been like, we need to be out till three in the morning every night. We were back in the hotel by like midnight. Look at you all grown up. We had had sufficient fun. Great time. Just ready to go to sleep. Just walking around. Had a nice dinner. Had some grown up cocktails and maybe had some filthy cocktails. Walked around a bunch and then went to bed. It was great. My other tits, me, Carrie, and our other friend Danny went for my birthday to go see Gutenberg on Broadway, which I had really been wanting to see. I didn't realize that it was in previews. It officially opened the next day. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. And the end guest producer was Nathan Lane. We missed the opening by like two days, which was kind of my plan. I feel very inspired and creatively fulfilled by seeing shows. It's always costly. So when I was younger, I couldn't go as often as I wanted because of the money. Now that I'm a little bit older and I can afford to go, I don't have a babysitter. What am I going to do? Go by myself? So now the three of us are going to go see shows together. Yes. I wanted to see Josh Gad and Andrew Rannells, who were the original cast of Book of Mormon, before they had replacements. And friends, those of you that do not know these names, Josh Gad is Olaf. He was also Gaston's friend in the live action Beauty and the Beast. Andrew Rannells was in Friends. And speaking of that episode where they go to the club, he was her bad roommate slash friend. I have become such big fans of both of these guys individually. I think they're both so exceptionally talented. So I really just wanted to see it. I feel like it was as close as we could get to seeing the original Book of Mormon. Now this is my plan. See all shows. In previews. Yeah, in previews or before they get too much hype. You gotta see the good shows before the Tonys because once they win a Tony, you're done. I remember when Hamilton first came out and they were doing lotteries all the time and I got a couple opportunities to go and couldn't go for whatever reason and then once the Tonys happened, that was it. I've never seen it. Haven't even watched it on Disney+. Plus. All right, should we move on to Miss Laura? Let's talk to Laura Krantz. Longtime listeners know today's guest for her first middle grade book, The Search for Sasquatch. And today she's back for her new book, Is Anybody Out There? Here to teach us how to talk to our kids about aliens is author, journalist, and host of the Wild Thing podcast, Laura Krantz. Hi, Laura. Hi. Nice to talk to you guys again. Oh, we're so happy to have you back. So we as adults are pretty aware of the latest alien news because it's been on the actual news for once. But when our kids over here talk of aliens, despite believing it, we are not necessarily sure what to say. So what would your shorter answer be for a kid wondering if aliens exist? My shorter answer would probably be yes, with a question mark, simply because the universe is so big. I mean, it is just vast. It is hard to wrap your head around about how much space we're talking about. There was this photo from the James Webb Space Telescope that came out probably about a year and a half ago, all black but all these different photos. In fact, it's in the book. This vast blackness, all of these stars, and a lot of those are galaxies, which is crazy. But even crazier, the field of vision for that is about the size of a grain of sand on your fingertip held at the length of your arm. That's mind-blowing. I wish my tiny brain could have contemplated that that one time when I farted in church when it was quiet (laughs) and I thought I was going to die and I wanted to move to Australia because it was so loud on the wood and everyone heard. If I had just seen that, 
that picture, I might have felt a little better. But I mean, my point is, how could there not be something else out there? The bigger question is, are we ever going to like have a coffee with it? I'm not so sure about that part. But I do think there is probably life out there somewhere. I just can't imagine that we are the only ones. My meditation teacher used to say, the thing that makes you actually feel better is to think that you're not special. Because what makes us feel, pardon the term, alienated is that we feel like we're different. Even if you're saying, I'm special, I'm better, you're still alienating yourself. So the thing you should be saying to yourself is, I'm perfectly regular and there's a lot of other like me. And that's how I feel about aliens. Like, how dare we think that we're the only thing here? It's very arrogant to think that we're special in any sort of way. Those sorts of photos and these kinds of thoughts help you wrap your head around what that means exactly. In your new book, you use the scientific method to explore the possibility of extraterrestrial life. What proof do we have that aliens are real? Yeah, we don't really have any proof. This is the thing that I keep coming back to as we're hearing all these stories about UFO crashes and all these other types of things that are in the news. The thing that was just, was it Senate or Congress? Oh yeah, over the summer, we don't have any proof. And even that guy, when he was talking to Congress was like, someone told me that we have this stuff. And it's like, well, that's hearsay. That's not evidence. If you didn't see it yourself, let's get the guy in here who did. And maybe let's get some scientists in that room and looking at some of this stuff and telling us what we're looking at. That raised a red flag for me when he was like, well, someone told me. I was like, oh, okay. So it's a game of telephone. My husband, when all of that was happening, I was like, you see, there's proof. And he's like, that's not proof. He's like, not saying I don't believe that aliens exist because everything you just said, Laura. But he's like, I don't know that this is the proof. I mean, there's always a chance aliens showed up here when the earth was brand new and they were like, this place is covered in lava and it smells. It's hot up in her. I mean, the other thing that was interesting, and this is a theory I heard after the book had come out, otherwise I would have included it. Someone talked about the Christmas tree light theory, which is when you've got a string of lights on a Christmas tree and they're flashing on and off and different lights are going on in different places. So let's say when a light flashes on, that is a civilization that is sophisticated enough to be able to communicate out into space, an advanced civilization. But that's only on for a little bit of time. And then there's one on over here. And then there's one on over here. And they're not on at the same time. So it could be that there are advanced civilizations out there, but they rose and fell long before we even figured out how to get out of the trees. Right, because there's also the whole light traveling and how long that takes and all these other little various details because it's space and space is fucking crazy. Have there been any reports that prove aliens aren't real? Well, it's hard to prove a negative. Scientifically, that's why you keep testing things over and over and over again. What you do is you keep reducing the chances of something actually existing. And then at some point you're like, okay, we haven't found it yet. The likelihood of its existence is pretty close to zero, but you can't ever say absolutely zero. Honestly, I think if we are going to find alien life, it's more likely to be microbial, like little single-celled amoebas, paramecium's bacteria. Which we technically have found on Mars, correct? We haven't found them. We are looking for them. For a long time, we didn't realize where these little single-celled creatures could live. And then in the 1960s, there was a scientist doing work in Yellowstone, and he's like, wait a minute, there's some little things living in this crazy, crazy hot water that 
anything else would die in. And then we started to realize that bacteria and single-celled organisms and microbes can live in a lot of places that most other life cannot. Deep underground, in nuclear plants, in lakes made of acid. Dang bacteria, you resilient. <laughs> exactly. And then the other thing is there are more species of bacteria on this planet than anything else. There's like one trillion species and individual microbes alone, I have no idea. And not enough antibiotics to kill them if you come in contact. Well, I don't know if you want to kill them. Some of them are pretty good. There's bacteria that's eating through the nuclear waste in Chernobyl. Oh. Yeah, they are trying to see if there are some bacteria that can at least absorb nuclear waste and then hold on to it. That's pretty remarkable. If bacteria and microbes can live in all these crazy harsh places on Earth, then there's a good chance they can live in crazy harsh places elsewhere. So this is why we're looking at Mars. They're looking at the gases around Venus because the surface of the planet is way too hot, but they might be living in the atmosphere around Venus. And then the Mars mission you were talking about was Perseverance rover. They sent that down there. It's going to bring up stuff from below the surface and leave it there. And then they're sending another mission to pick that stuff up, bring it back to Earth so they can analyze it and see if there's evidence of life in that stuff. They're sending missions to these moons around Jupiter and Saturn. It's wild. While researching for this book and for your podcast, what facts or information made you a believer? I hadn't really spent a lot of time thinking about alien life prior to doing the podcast season that was the inspiration for this book. And prior to that, it's like, yeah, space is big. And then I think in talking to these scientists and learning about all the places where life can be and all that we are learning about the galaxy in terms of other planets being habitable because of their distance from their star. So they're in what's called the Goldilocks zone, which is they're not too far, not too close, not going to fry, not going to freeze. They've got an atmosphere. We're finding a lot of this kind of stuff through these space telescopes that we have. Part of it comes down to really just thinking we can't be that special, that we are the only planet in all of this that's going to harbor life. Well, then the only other option is to be like, but there's aliens out there. This is too vast for us to be the only people. And we're not even doing it right. We're like annihilating each other and our resources. There's got to be someone out there smarter than us. This is one of the other theories is maybe those other civilizations existed, but then they ran into the same kinds of problems that we did and wiped themselves out. So are there civilizations that made it through these kinds of bottlenecks that have knowledge that would be useful? Are we going to meet up with them? I don't know. The other thing that's kind of fascinating as Americans have become more secular and fallen away from religion, there has been an increase in the belief in aliens and the idea that aliens can teach us something. And so I think in some ways we are looking for something bigger than ourselves. We are looking for something to help us solve problems and aliens have become a substitute for God. I'm going to butcher this, but I read that in times of great plagues, people tend to go away from religion and more towards a kind of new age spiritualism. We just had a huge plague basically. So it makes sense that maybe this is what happens. Yeah. And I think as people have been disappointed with religion or don't like the hierarchy or don't like a lot of the strictures that have been in place for years, they're looking for something else that's going to give them that sense of meaning and belonging, but doesn't come with all the baggage. And now with no good 
good segue, I will ask this question. What alien in a TV or film or book do you think is most likely the way you want aliens to look or act like? That movie Arrival with Amy Adams, I found that fascinating. The language stuff to me is really interesting. How would you talk to an alien? How do they communicate? That's a pretty good representation of you're talking to something so foreign and you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on and nothing that you know is useful. You kind of have to start from scratch. And I thought that was a really good depiction. If you were visited by an alien, what would you want to know or ask? I kind of want to know, did they figure out how to travel faster than the speed of light? And if so, can you draw a diagram and tell us how to do it? Because I feel like that is the biggest barrier to being able to go out and explore the universe. At the same time, I'm like, don't give us any knowledge because we are clearly incapable of handling it and you should just wall us off from the rest of society. So I thought of you when I read the article about the Bigfoot sighting. What do you think about that? That is fake as fuck. Okay, good to know. Why do you say that? So a couple of things. One, if you look at the video, whatever suit that guy is wearing does not fit him very well. Second, no animal has fur like that. It was sort of blowing in the wind and glistening. If you're a wild animal, your fur is matted and dirty and there's sticks and leaves and twigs in it. Probably poop. That fur did not look real. Third, you could buy that suit at the next town over at a shop there and they sell them. So do you think that the person in the suit was working with the person in the train? I think that is a totally plausible theory because otherwise I don't know if anyone would have necessarily noticed this thing. What is the gain of fake UFO videos, fake Sasquatch videos? Because I just don't understand what this would actually do to make you any money, propel you in the way you want it to. I think part of it is playing a joke, like any practical joke. The more people you can get to fall for it, the more success that is in and of itself. This story went everywhere. I probably had 20 people send it to me. People want to believe. They want to think something like that could be out there, even if they look at it and in all rationality, they're like, no fucking way. This is totally fake. They like the idea that maybe. And I think that's part of it. I love chatting with you because you bring this very mystical cryptid type of information and you're so knowledgeable and so filled with this kind of wild fun information but there is no nonsense with you about it and I just really appreciate your approach it makes interviewing you really fun I'm so glad because this is what I want to do for people who are listening and for kids it's like you can have really crazy ideas and think about all the possibilities and then you have to be like okay what actually makes sense but it should never stop you from wondering. The first step of the scientific method is wonder. Ask a question, what are you wondering? So I just feel like it's really important to be able to bounce all these ideas around and then use science and logic and reason to sort of think about them differently, knowing that in 10 years, the science might be different and we can revisit that question and think about it again. So I really love hearing that from you. I hope that I never lose that sense of wonder. I feel like I'd be a horrible person if I lost any kind of sense of wonder. I think adults do lose that sometimes, which is a little bit sad because I think that's what makes us interested 
in other people, interested in the world around us, more compassionate, more engaged. So I think these are all important qualities. Please plug yourself. We're so thankful that we can continue to converse with you about all subjects, really. I can't wait to see what you come up with next. If you would like to be interested in space, I highly recommend Is There Anybody Out There? Also, the second season of my podcast, Wild Thing, is called Space Invaders. If you're interested in Sasquatch, the first season of Wild Thing is all about Bigfoot. And uh, the first book is all about the search for Sasquatch. And the book is available anywhere you buy books. And the podcast is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can go back and listen to the episode that we have with Laura about that. We'll tag that in the show notes too, in case you're interested. Thank you so much, Laura. We love having you. Thank you for having me. This was great. Should we go to a Halloween, boo? Get it, boo? Yes. I was trying to come up with all kinds of different ones. I rated a bunch of lists. The lists are also boring. It's always the same shit. It's like a box of crayons where everybody wears one color and you put a pointy hat on. I was trying to think of things I've always wanted to do and fun family ideas. So my first one is a whole family, the office. You've wanted to do that one for a while. For so long, but Sebastian won't go along with it. I think he would be a great one. Baby Dwight is hysterical. And then Matt and I would be Pam and Jim. But I also think what's really fun for The Office is doing different Michaels. One person could be Prison Mike. One person could be Date Night Mike. I think there's so many fun, silly ideas. And you don't really have to buy a costume. Anything you'd have to buy, you could get at a thrift store. I have seen a couple of these costume ideas. Whole Family Barbie. Love that. You could either be all different Barbies or you could just be a Ken. A What was the one that was Michael Sarah? Oh, uh, Alan. Alan. There's so many ways to do it. The Kardashians would be the perfect family to do a whole family Barbie costume. I'm lawyer Barbie. I'm Dr. Right, Barbie. exactly. I'm veterinarian Barbie. Another one I've been wanting to do, whole family Always Sunny in Philadelphia costume. You could do all different Franks. You could be Mantis Toboggan. You could be the art guy whose name I always forget. Who's in your bathroom. <laughs> yes, the Andy Warhol Frank. You could be Couch Frank. Yes, you could be Frank all fucked up on drugs. I just want to be normal Frank. If anyone in this family should be, it's me. I think Matt is the perfect dentist. And I feel like Sebastian could be Charlie. Somebody could be Rickety. What's his name? Rickety. Yes, Rickety Cricket. Rickety Cricket. There's so many fun things to do with that. The characters from Inside Out, which I have not seen yet, but that's pretty easy. Just the color and a feeling. Different Adam Sandler characters. Matt was like, oh, well, what about Jim Carrey? Do you want to say what yours is? Because it combines with the anyway. Go ahead. Carrie also said Tom Hanks. Just doing a whole family of different characters. Somebody could be Woody. Somebody could be Forrest Gump. Somebody yes. could be Philadelphia Tom Hanks. Oh, nobody <laughs> wants to be Philadelphia Tom Hanks. Even that's too bad edit that out. But <laughs> Or you could be Castaway Tom Hanks and have a volleyball. And honestly, if you do Tom Hanks and you do Forrest Gump, you could have multiple family members be different Forrest Gumps. Luna's getting her leg braces on Wednesday. I know. She could be Little Forrest. And I'll be Jenny. I'll be drug-addled hanger honors Jenny. You could be Fisherman Boat Forrest Gump. I want to be Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. You ain't got no legs. <laughs> I don't think it's 
appropriate for me to be lieutenant Dan, but I really would like to be lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Mostly because I don't have to walk anywhere. Someone could just push me. Is it ableist if you're in a wheelchair for a Halloween costume? I think so. I have a class on this and they're like, don't do it. Can you raise your hand in class and say, hey, just wondering, is it ableist? Can I dress like Lieutenant Dan? I won't pretend I don't have bottom parts of my legs, but if I'm just in a wheelchair, is that ableist? What if I put a blanket on over there? Anyway, I think it is. Okay, so the next one, I put Harry Styles, but really what I mean is Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, anybody who had a big concert recently. Someone could be Lizzo and slap them with a lawsuit. You just gotta get creative. Thrift store, most girls have some ridiculous sequin pieces in their closet. I know I certainly do. I know you do. I do. do. I have a whole section. The Adams Family. It's been classic for a long time, but especially now that we have Wednesday. It's going to be one of the trunk or treats at school. Morticia and Wednesday both have been fallback costumes for me in years past because it's a black dress. It's the easiest thing in the world. This one, I said either VPR staff, so Vanderpump Rules staff, or a Scandaval person. So VPR staff would be really easy. If you're a girl, you just need a t-shirt material dress with some outdated Ed Hardy-esque pattern on it. (laughs) That's all you need. There's lots of Ed Hardy at the thrift store, let me tell you. That is so easy. And then if you wanted to do Scandaval, you could go very literal and be Tom Sandoval, or you could be a worm with a mustache. There's a zillion ways to do this. You could be Ariana in the revenge dress. Just wear a red dress and have your abs showing in a blonde bob. Again, mostly thrift store. You could do this. Iconic housewives. Whose idea was that one, you know? That was Ashley's, obviously. All you need for Ramona is some white wine and a slutty dress. You could be mugshot iconic housewives. Yeah, you could be Luann in her mugshot. You could make yourself into a wine bottle of Ramona Pinot Grigio. (laughs) You could be Vicky Gumbelson in a family van. A skinny girl margarita. You could be Jenna Lyons and wear like a denim tuxedo or an open white blouse. Next up, alien astronaut family. Again, I feel like that's kind of easy. You can get creative with cardboard boxes and tinfoil here if you really need to. I mean, it's going to be budget, but you can get away with it. I love it. I think there's a charm to a real last minute budget costume. I love a budget costume. Cryptid family, aliens, Bigfoot, Nessie. We're looking at you, Miss Kranz. Yeah, in honor of her. This one I saw that I thought was really funny. A breastfeeding mom dressed her baby up as a baby shark and then had bloody nipples. Yeah, but (laughs) through her shirt, her wife beater was red bleeding from her nipples. That feels triggering to me. Yeah, but I thought it was a funny one. Yes. Knife dancing Britney. (laughs) Yes, I think you could be knife dancing Britney. You have to get two knives, a really, really low skirt. And a half top. Or just be in your underwear like Britney. And just wear a terrible wig. If you're looking for an unhinged slutty costume, that's the one. So I actually did do this one one time when I had no idea for something. I made myself a road. I wore all black and I got reflective tape and I made lines and then I sewed little matchbox cars to me. Not the best, but it is a good last minute idea. The next year I repurposed it and I decapitated a Barbie and I made it a car accident road. My last one is a stick figure family. This one is so obscenely easy. It's insane. White masking tape, duct tape, whatever, on all black clothes. It'd be cool if it's day glow, so at night. Totally. You could do glow in the dark tape, tape on the arms, one down your body, down your legs. And then the ones that I saw, they did a big cardboard face that was just a stick figure looking face with holes cut out as the mask. Pretty easy, pretty genius. Can't beat it. You could also do classic games. So you could make yourself Twister. 
you could do Hangman, which is the worst children's game ever about hanging someone if you can't <laughs> figure out a word. But you could do that. You could do Operation. Yeah. Clue. I've always wanted to be all the characters from Clue. Oh, that's a good one. Take a picture of your creative family Halloween costume and we'll post it on our page. Love that. Hit us up. Hello at momtouragepodcast.com or send it in the DMs. What's Luna going to be for Halloween? She wants to be a witch. She's so basic. Every Halloween she wants to be basic and I'm always like, let's be this. And she's like, I'm going to be a witch. Sebastian wants to be his Roblox avatar, so I have to make it out of cardboard. I was always wanting to be something weird. Oh, as a little girl, I just wanted to be princesses or a bride. I remember one year my mom being like, don't you want to be something scary? And I was like, no. In true, <laughs> late in the game, diagnosed with some sort of sensory processing disorder. I was always some obscure, factual thing. I want to be Cleopatra, but early Cleopatra <laughs> in this period. I want to be a mummy, but I want to actually wrap myself instead of a mummy. I was Madonna too times. Oh, I was Madonna once. First was my mom made me the Madonna video with the mermaid. She made me that costume, which I guess technically wasn't Madonna, but still. And then another year, I was Madonna as Marilyn Monroe. And people would be like, oh, are you Marilyn Monroe? I was like, no, I'm Madonna. Because I didn't understand it, but I just wanted to look like that. Hashtag swag bag. You stole my hashtag swag bag. We'll both do it because it benefited us and it's not sponsored, but it should. I'm going to reach out. This week's episode brought to you by, but not at all financially, just emotionally supporting us. Party Party smart. smart. And you know what? Let's throw some liquid IV in there too. Liquid IV and party smart for two adults who went a little hard, but managed to be okay. Carrie has told you about party smart before. I'm going to tell you this time. It is just a supplement. It's like B vitamin. It's going to make your pee bright. Yes. And it just helps your body process the alcohol. You take it with your first sip of alcohol. Let me tell you, after Matt's 40th weekend and after New Orleans, Party Smart came in strong. I am a convert. Matt is a convert. I will tell everyone ever that has ears and will listen to me about it. I had seen it at gas stations or whatever, and I thought it was like max load. You know what max load is. (laughs) You'll come the most you've ever come, which I don't know why that's a good thing. Right. It's like just so much jizz. Why does anybody care? I can tell you not one woman is like, good, give me more jizz. (laughs) More to clean up. I love it. Or more chances of getting pregnant. Love these things. All great options for me. But it is actually a legit thing and you need to buy it. It's expensive. It is worth every fucking penny. If you're over 35 and you have a big night of drinking, I know they don't happen that often, but when it does, this is what you need. It should be in every wedding gift bag. It's so expensive. That's why it's not. It's not cheap. But it works. And a nice fun thing I like to do sometimes if I'm just mixing it up is I like to make my liquid IV drink with alcohol in it. Oh, Matt and I would get the huge bottles of water in the hotel and I would just dump a packet into each before bed and be like, drink this throughout the night and then in the morning, chug the rest. All right. Well, thank you guys. Have a great week. Stay safe out there. We love you. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. 
So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.